You are now listening to My Faithway Podcast. You can now find us on every major platform. And don't forget to visit our Facebook page with live services every Sunday at 10 a.m. Central Time. If you want to become a partner or simply make a one-time donation, please text the word FAITHWAY to 77977. Click send and you will receive a link for further instruction. Feel free to comment on our Facebook live stream services or visit our page at myfaithway.org. Now let's experience life in a new way, the Faithway. And we'll gladly stick it in our petition bucket and pray for you on Wednesdays in corporate agreement. So good morning, good morning. How many of you guys are blessed this morning? Amen. Hallelujah. So we have a couple of announcements. Last Sunday, I did forget to make this announcement, but it's not too late. This Thursday, we will be having our monthly ladies meeting at 6 p.m. So this is for all our ladies, uh, 18 and over. Please show up. Please attend. If you have not attended any of these, um, it's a fellowship. It's a luncheon. We get to fill our stomachs, get to fill our, our spirits also. And we share testimonies. We pray with each other. We give each other guidance, um, and we also get to lay out all the plans that we have for the community and what we have for the church in these meetings as a ladies' uh, uh, ministry. So we have a couple of things planned um, and a couple of outreaches and fundraisers, and this is where we put all the ideas together. This is where we organize. This is where we get people to step in, plant seeds. So ladies... Um, please, if you haven't attended, this is a great, great meeting to come to. So this is this Thursday at 6 p.m. And then in March, uh, we have all the, the info and the details on this, but in March and May at the ladies' meeting, we will be giving the further details, but we have a bingo in March, and it's going to be at the youth building, and this is going to be a fundraiser to help our wonderful and powerful group of ladies go into Cuba um, for their annual trip in the summer. And then in May, we will be having a ladies' meeting, a ladies' luncheon, again, with Dossie Meek, and that would be a Saturday. So these are a couple of things to keep in your schedule. So, again, that is this Thursday at 6 p.m. And today is communion, so we just ask that you guys stick around, you know, and if you're watching online, you can still partake in communion with us online. So uh, let's get ready to receive life in a new way, the faith way, and kids, you are dismissed. So we are doing um, testimonies, and uh, if you have been here for two services, these past two services, we have been sharing testimonies, and today we have a powerful testimony get ready to be shared with you, and we're going to invite Mr. Marcos Quijano to come up over here to the Good morning, everyone. Children's door is locked. Okay. All right. <laughs> Just in case. All right. Well. Come here, Marcos. I want to, well, something new that we're doing, well, not new, which we've been doing, we're going to do it, and, you know, we're going to go first through, like, the ranks, and then you are invited to participate. The what we're going to do, I know the Lord really instructed me at least, you know, till he instructs me different. Every service, we're going to give a little space of people like yourselves, us, because, you know, you always hear me, you always hear H, you always hear Kathy, and we want, you know, to understand God moves at every level, and, the re- and not, you know, we're not just here because we believe a Bible. Thank God for that. We're here because our life is riddled with testimonies that this word is actually true. And this, I want to say young man, because I keep messing up. You were, what, 13 when you showed up? And he's at, um, 58 now, so you can imagine. It's been a long time. 
But he, was, he showed up, you know, and I knew, actually I knew them even before I was born again, the Quintano family and, of course, Miriam and all them. They knew my, if you ever want to ask him, what was Pastor Box like? They know. He might, probably doesn't remember, but, you know, they showed up at our little church. We're starting believe that's what God called us to, him and his brother and his family. And, you know, I've watched him all these years. And one thing I want to tell you about ministry and life, you know, church is not something, it's not like you go to Walmart. Remember that. You're going to have to make a decision. Am I going to do life with the influence of God in my life? So you don't go to church like, oh, I got to go to Walmart. I got to go to church. Because one of the keys to success in anything, whatever your church is, and I'm not trying to pull you out of any church. You know, if you're not called to this church, find your church. Because here you're just going to cause a bunch of headaches. I'm just saying that's how it works. But if you're called to this church, you might as well go ahead and settle down. Because this guy and his family, and Abigail and the kids, they're just wonderful family, great leaders. I mean, I, I can't express enough it. But I saw him. But here's the here's whole point I'm making. The success of this family, if I had to bring it down to one word, one word, I mean, there's many words. What I see is loyalty. Loyalty to the word. Yes, we've all gone our little past, but he's, he knew what was rooted in him. And then loyalty to what he believed was what God called them to be, which is this place. And I just, I can't say enough about this family. I'm so blessed to have you. And Marcos, floor is yours, my friend. Give him a big hand clap. Come on. <laughs> Amen. Are you glad to be here? No, no, I have no book. I'm not preaching. I'm sharing with you guys what the Lord has done in my life. Something that uh, before he even, uh, Pastor, before he even brought this, that we were supposed to be sharing with you guys what God has done in our life. I had it in my heart to share what God has done in my life. And he's been so faithful and all levels. And when I mean all levels, I mean all levels. You know, found love, real love. Thank God that she's been... Uh, Miss Abigail has been a big part of my life. She's changed my life in a, in a very good way. Uh, I can go on and on, but and then she's going to get carried away. <laughs> so uh, something the pastor mentioned is loyalty. You know, not, it's not so much loyalty to the men, but for the men of God. Because pastor walks through an anointing which becomes the man of God. God talks to him, delivers a word to him, and he needs to find a way to deliver to all of us. And something that it's really important and that I've seen, and Pastor, uh, Pastor Ann said it, uh, I think it was Pastor or Dan, some, one of those two said that it's a matter of life or death situation right now. Either you connect to the vine and stay alive or walk your way and you're going to, it, you're uh, spiritually you're dying something else that, that we learn is that the devil comes to steal kill and destroy if you see it the way I, I see it now the devil comes and tells you hey you can't do that he's stealing what the word of God so when he takes the word of God he's taking it all because your minds are thinking like a human mind. We're human. But when you, when you have the mind of Christ, there is nothing that it's impossible for you, for you to dream, for you to believe in yourself. But when the, when the word of God is taken away from you, he's taken it all. He has taken all that God has for you. Amen. And, and, and something that, that I've learned over the, 
I mean, and I really don't want to preach, uh, <laughs> but <laughs> but I think it's coming out. Uh, one of the things that that I've walked and I've had my rough times. And nobody's perfect. I mean, I've seen pastor. Nobody's perfect. You know, I I, well, I, I don't have too much to say about you, H, but. <laughs> He can tell me, then I can say you're not perfect. But through all of that, I think something that we all come to a conclusion is faithfulness to God. Because guess what? God puts up with you and every level. This is the way I see things. And I think I was sharing with Angie the other day. To me, life is like a funnel. And I've said this before, like a funnel. You can stay up here rolling around, rolling around, rolling around, rolling. And you can stay up there, but eventually it all comes down to Jesus. And when you find that and you finally decide, you know what? I'm, I'm, stop, I'm stopping of staying on the, on the shallow, and you stay up here. But if you don't, if you don't, if you don't decide to, to come up, because it, it comes down to a decision. The decision is yours. Either you want to be in the blessing or you want to be... On the court, on the curse, it's that simple. So when you you let yourself go and, and fall into that that the spiritual side, getting to know Jesus, there's nothing that's gonna come against you. There's do we face things? Yes, we face things. My family and I, my wife and I, face things sometimes that it's like, okay, how do we deal with this? But what has to stay in your mind, what has to stay in your heart, is the Word of God. Yeah, you know, anybody. It's I've heard pastor said this, and it's really. It's a really, uh, there's no other way to think. If somebody was to come and tell me, God doesn't exist, and maybe they can prove it, I will still choose to believe what I'm believing. Because I've seen it in my life. You know, I was sitting there one time where you're seeing a thing, Dawson, se me olvidó tu nombre, the mind of Christ. And, uh, and, and I'll share just a little, and, and, and Pastor shared last week, my wife tells me last week, hey, how come you didn't say nothing? I, just, I was just overwhelmed with the presence of God. You know, there's sometimes that you just have to stay quiet and let God, and let God talk to you. You know, he's waiting to say, Marcos, and you're, no, pero espérame, que mira, que, let, let me do it this way. Marcos, apacíguate, cálmate. <laughs> ¿Y qué pasa? No le damos chance. We don't give him a chance to talk to us. And then we wonder why God's not speaking to us. Well, if we would just, I don't like to say what, but shut up, but shut up. There's some times that we have to, amen? There's times that God's telling you, Marcos, don't do this. Marcos, don't do that. And I'm, no, God, but let me do it my way, and, and things don't work out. How come they don't work out? Because we don't, we don't allow the, the Holy Spirit to, to tell you. You know, I can tell you testimony after testimony how God good is. Uh, that last week, going back to that testimony, I was sitting right there, and God talked to me and said, you need to do this. I said, I rebuke you, Satan. I'm not, I'm not giving that. It's precious to me. I like gold. I, I, I can confess it. I like it. That To me, that's something that, that makes a man look good. <clears throat> and, and God talked to me and said, I want you to do this. And I was, I was sweating bricks. I was sweating. I was like, no, get away from me. 
You're not going to steal my joy. And I'm thinking, I'm going on and on and on. And I'm thinking, I said, God. So finally, pastor prays and he says, you know what? Everybody's dismissed. And God said, get up and do it right now. I said, okay. Got up. I remember that little corner over there. I said, pastor, I need to do something. I said, okay, well, what is it? I talked to him. I said, this is what I'm believing God. This is what I'm planting my seed. It's a, plan, it's a seed of remembrance. Oh, yeah, you do remember. It, it, it hurts. And there's, you have to be careful when it comes to, oh, you got to give to it hurts. You have to be careful as well. But the Lord told me to do it, and I did it. I get home, and I share my beautiful wife. I tell her, I said, babe. I'm, I'm all spiritual, I'm all hyped up, and yeah, this is going on, Jesus all the way, you know, people cutting me, God bless you, brother, you know. <laughs> so I get home, and I told my wife, I said, hey, guess what? And she's like, what happened? For whatever reason, she didn't come that day. And I said, uh, I had to do this, and I told her what I had done. And she looked at me, what? What have you done? And she was in the shallow. Amen. She's in the deep now. <laughs> and and I remember just, I just felt like somebody threw a cold water on my, all over my body. I said, okay, well, well, maybe I did the wrong thing. But what happened? The doubt came in. And that's what Pastor uh, Dan said. When you get the victory, you get it. But right away, fear comes in. Doubt comes in. Hey, you should have done that. You could have done it this way. But that's when, that's when you have to stand on the word of God and say, no, no, devil. I did the right thing because God told me to do it. You know, so I remember everything started working out. And, and then I, I told her, I said, well, we need to do this. And she finally kind of got in the groove. I said, okay, well, you did the right thing. Things started happening. We were working to get a house. Boom, all of a sudden, we get approved. Said, hey, you can have a thing that gave us 350000 like, we're not getting out of <laughs> But God, start, God started showing up. Things started moving. And, and, and God does care what you do for him. He cares. I mean, doesn't it feel good when your, your son or your daughter comes and tells you, Daddy, I love you. Or, Daddy, I want to give you this. That's such an overwhelming uh, feeling that we get as, as a parent. You, you feel that love. Well, that's the same thing with God. When you say, God, I love you. This is what I got to offer. And he tells you, mijito. And he wraps you, like the song says, he wraps you in his arms. Yeah. And he takes you. And, and then you, when you start to go through things, I've always seen it. When, if, if, my son gets, if my son ever gets in trouble where I have to defend him, one of the first things I'm going to say, mijito, get behind me. I'm going to take care of you. I'm, I'm going to have to deal with him. Because when you disobey, I, I don't even, well, I don't like, you miss out on the blessing. I don't like to say disobedient, there's consequences, no. You miss out on the blessing. So I'm, he might not get the toy he's been wanting, but I'm going to deal with him in a, in a lovely way. That's the way God deals with you. And he takes care of you, and he says, get behind me. I'm going to take care of you right now. And that's what, that's what God does. So I started, we started seeing the, the, the process, and we started just seeing more and more and more. And then Isaiah 58, 11 talks about the Lord will give you, uh, he will give you the, I can't even talk right now. The Lord will guide you as always. 
He will satisfy your needs in a sun sorch. Sun sorch. I think that's the way you say it. Sun scorch. And I search the word sun scorch. It means a dry, dry spot, something burned. What is he telling you there? No matter where you go, as long as you're connected to the word of God, you're going to be green. Your grass is going to be green. And it's not like they say, the grass, is always, the grass is greener on the other side. Let me tell you, it doesn't work like that. That's, that's, that's a lie. And we all believe that, oh, well, I, maybe I need to find me a new church. And you do that. And guess what? You get disconnected from the vine. And things are working out. Things are moving. You know, you, you, everything's, oh, I don't, I don't need this. Oh, I'm doing good. All of a sudden, things start sh- sh- uh, shifting. Thank you. Things start shifting. Not for the good. Guess what? You got disconnected from the vine. I do believe that every single person that is in this building belongs in this church. Let me tell you why. Because you get the word of God. You get the word of God that makes you live real life. Uh, 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 Janice said something when she first shared. And I, and I always seen it. The Bible talks about really beautiful stories. Moses, David, all those things. But if you don't learn to apply them in the real life, ¿de qué te sirve Noé y David? Exactamente. That's it. It becomes that. David, vente para acá. So, when you learn that you need God in every situation of your life, no, nothing's going to distract you. Things are going to be thrown at you, yes. And you might have to say, you know what? I need to get back in the room. You know, but we have to learn. So, in, with, with everything that, that we've learned, there's always sacrifice. Everything has a sacrifice. How many years of your life did you sacrifice to go to school? Eight. Yeah. Twelve years of, uh, of that's another high school. <laughs> but he's that because of what he sacrificed. There's a price. And when your eyes are on Jesus, when your eyes are on, on, on the gold, everything else adds to, the, to your road. Because he meets every need. Yes. But says, seek first the kingdom of God. Amen. When you seek God, everything starts, everything starts happening. Everything starts showing up with you moving, sometimes moving a finger. All you got to do is believe in God. Do your part. Sacrificing. We have to wake up at, we got up at 5.45 this morning. Because... Missy has to get ready. Put the lippy sticky. Uh, I have to put the coffee. We have to have coffee. You know, the kids, they don't want to wake up. Mi niña hermosa, ay, daddy, it's too early. Ah, pero on Saturday, when they can wake up late, they want to wake up at 7 and get a phone. But we sacrifice. And I know that that. Everything that I'm doing, I've seen it in my life. Everything that I've sacrificed, and I've said, you know what, God, I'm going to give this time for you. 
God, without me asking, he, he's supplying things that I, I don't even know. Things that I don't even, I, I, tell, my, I, I tell my wife, I said, sometimes I'm driving, and, and sometimes I've thought, how many things got, got, could have gone wrong? But guess what? They don't go wrong because the Holy Spirit is working for you. The angels are protecting you. And you're moving and everything's moving to the side. Quítense porque viene Marcos. Amen. And this is, this is just to encourage you guys. Don't drop, don't drop your guard. The, 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 the times we're living in right now, it's, 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 it's a matter of life or death. You know, all these things are coming out. You know, things are not the same. Now we have... Uh, where we do church, but let me tell you something. We complain about the pandemic things, but what are we doing on a Saturday night at a club? What are we doing at a Walmart? Which we have to go to Walmart. We go to Walmart, we go to HEV. I love my HEV. If you see me HEV, sponsor me. And guess what? I, I know I, I can't go to church because... The COVID, el COVID, el COVID. Ah, pero andabas allá en el baile en la noche pasada. And even if you do that, it's okay, okay, do what you do you. But you have to find the sacrifice to come to church. We go to the doctor, and I'm even, I'm even going to look this way. We go to the doctor, we have the appointment at 10 o'clock at the doctor. At the doctor, we are at 8, 9.15. I'm not looking at anybody. Why do we do that? Why do we, why do we lack the commitment for God? When He's our life. He's the one that gives us the, the source. He gives you everything you need. Why do, why do we do that? And, I, and I'm, I'm saying strong words for you to think. Why, why do we put him second when he should be number one in our lives? Do we face things that we doubt? Sometimes doubt comes and say, okay, God, how do I do this? I've learned this couple of, uh, now, this past two years where I really have to be depending on God. I say, God, how do I do this? Even to the minimum thing, sometimes I'm driving and things happen to the truck and I'm thinking, God, how do I do this? And I have to be quiet. I have to say, okay, God, show me how to do this because I need to fix the situation. And, and God tells me, I want you to do this. I want you to move here. I want you to do that. And things that I don't know, well, I, I get a I call. Usually I call Damian. Damian, this, that. Okay, well, check this. And the Holy Spirit starts working. Starts giving you the answer. So when you go going through something, you got to call. You, you, you call, but you also have to be careful who you're who you're calling you call God directly Holy Spirit I need your help then if you need if you need somebody else to add to your faith well you call the right people don't call la comadre o el compadre I mean there's good compadres and I'm sure there's good comadres too but you call you call your source a pastor said this before his number is not a secret Send him a text, Pastor. Uh, whenever you have a chance, could you give me a call? He's busy. I get it sometimes where you call him and he might not pick up. He's at a ranch or doing something. But don't get discouraged. Ay, no me contesta nadie. Oy. Yeah. You, you got offended. You lost. 
your blessing. And uh, going to this, uh, Saturday, no, Friday, no, Thursday. Thursday, I was in uh, Little Rock, Arkansas. And I stopped at, a, I'm sorry, I stopped at a McDonald's. Forgive me. And I wanted, I know, Lauro, I know, I'm sorry. I've seen your stripes. Este, and uh, I wanted a burger. And, and so I get there and I see this big old line, big old line. I mean, that's like 15, 20 cars. I figured, oh, the, lo- the lobby's closed. But Walmart's open. It doesn't make sense, but okay. So I get to the wind, to the door, and I say, hey. Finally, uh, a gentleman comes out, and he says, oh, no, it's all right. I can't take you. I said, bro, look at the line. Look what I'm driving. Troquesote ahí parado, right in the front. Look what I'm driving. He's like, well, sorry, sir, I can't help you. He turns around, he leaves. He leaves. I'm thinking, have you ever felt como que te dan una patadita y te vas así como, como niño regañado? I felt that. I said, okay, well. And this is what I this is what came out of my mouth. I said it in Spanish, but I'm not saying it. I said, wouldn't it be cool for somebody to come behind me and tell me, hey, I want to help you? I'm getting on the truck. And so, hey, sir, sir, sir. He pulls, I'm already yeah, grabbing a bat or something. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> and and uh and uh and so I I look at him and he says I wanna, I wanna help you. Get in front of me so I can, so you can order. So I I order. I'm a, I, yeah, of course I'm walking and there's probably like six seven cars behind him, and I said, hey, hola, ves, you know, dice nada. So I get in front of him, I order my food, and I get to the window, and when I'm at the window, the Lord tells me to take care of their meal. I said, okay. That's all, that's all I heard. Take care of their meal. I get there, and the guy's right here with his car, and I'm paying right here at the window. And I say, okay, well, here's mine, the first order. And he said, then go ahead and take their order. Oh, no, 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 you don't have to do that. We didn't do it. I said, let me take care of it. Took care of it. So when I give him the, the ticket so he can get his food, the Lord dropped this in my heart. And this is simple. I just want you to know that God loves you. That's all I said. I don't know. For whatever reason, they needed it. But I was connected at the time. And something that Sister Anne said, sometimes God tells you to do something, and if you don't do it, he's not mad at you. And he might tell you again. And he might tell you again. And the third time, como dicen, la tercera la vencida. Si no haces caso, all he's going to do is tell Lauro, hey, Lauro, I need you to do this. And if Lauro does it, there goes my blessing. And you don't want to lose your blessing. So all I said was that. All I want you to know is that God loves you. I said, my name's Marcos. Uh, her name is, I think, Stephanie and Jesse. And I said, okay, well, God loves you guys, and I left. And that was that. I don't know. For whatever reason, that's the way it happened. But I thank God. And, and como dice pastor, I'm, I'm closing down. <laughs> and uh, all I said was, God is so good. You know, so I encourage you guys to really start thinking on, on a level that you want things to work out for you. You want things to work out for you? Get connected. And, I, and it's not just coming to church. Because anybody can come to church. But stay connected to the vine. Yes. 
Stay connected. Ground yourself in this church and say, you know what? This is my church. I want to learn. And when you do that, things are going to start shifting. You're going to start seeing things that need to be arranged in your life. Amen? Amen. Well, thank you guys, and I hope I didn't too long. Thank you. Good work. That's it. So everybody here becomes a preacher, just so you know. <laughs> thank you, Marcos. And we're going to do our part two of how to fight a giant. How many are ready to get the word this morning? Yeah? And we're going to, you know, we, we read the whole story of David two weeks ago. And I'm not going to do that because it took a long time to read it. But there's so much in there that you've got to pull out and you've got to, you know, ask the Holy Spirit to, to guide you. Because, you know, if something's been preached in history, it's been that story. My God, you know, the story of David, you learn it from nursery, you learn it from children's church, you, they teach it to you. And, you know, so pretty soon we kind of get numb to really, you know, the key issues of, of what happens there because we can learn so many things out of it. And we end up with this, you know, there's a little kid and there's no way he's going to beat this giant. And God used him and, and he, he won and it's an amazing story. But the fact of the matter is this little kid was trained. This little kid had the capacity to destroy with a sling giants. Amen. It wasn't, thank you, Lodo. It wasn't even a fair fight, and, and it's always been portrayed that. So I studied this, and I got into a lot. It's really cool, the history of, of the slingers. There's one story I found out that I didn't tell you last week. There were the slingers at early age, around six or seven, part of their training. Now, this is brutal. They would put something, a target, and if they didn't hit it, they didn't eat. Yeah, so, you know, you got good at it real quick. So that is really the history behind the story of David. And why, is that, why does that even matter? It matters because it's really significant to understand that preparation is something that you must have when you fight a giant. And I think the church has done a horrible job in just putting everything on God. You know, yeah, God can do a lot of things, but there's your part. Everybody say my part. And you have to understand David's attitude into this fight. So let's, go, let's get right into it. And um, I'm just going to, you know... I thank God for Marcos, and we're going to keep doing this. And it's you know, it's not even if you, you know, it's not about I have to deliver. I was thinking if he, if you go all the way, I'll just preach this next Sunday. And I was thinking because he has a lot of things to say. You know, he's been around this a long time. And something Marcos said, I just want to throw it out there because I couldn't stand it. Because he said, "You're looking at the grass is greener." We have that tendency. Oh, maybe the other job, maybe the other church, a better church. Here's the problem with that: the grass is greener where you water it. That's where it's greener. It doesn't it's not greener anywhere else. It's greener where you water it. And you let some roots go down into your church. You let some roots go down into your family. You, let, you spend roots go down into your business, into relationships. Guess what happens? They get green. All right. So anyway, that's a side note. Thanks, Marcos, for sharing. That was good. <laughs> All right. Finding Goliath. Number one. I think I got the outline up there. If not, just listen to me. So we're going to go through that. Number one is fear is the indicator. If you want to find your giant, fear is usually the indicator now. You know, fear is the coordinator of thoughts and actions, but so is faith. And the right reason I put it next week is because I can't talk about it right now. So if you want to hear that, you can come next week to our new series. That I'm super stoked about it. But here's what I want to break out of this. We have to, you know, before you can tackle a giant, you have to find it. Right? And a lot of us are, are spending a lot of energy and a lot of time tackling things that God never told us to fight. I'll just throw that out there. So... 
fear in your life will always indicate where the giant is. You're afraid of getting COVID? That's your giant. You're afraid of going bankrupt? That's your giant. You're afraid of your kids ending up on drugs? That's your giant. I mean, whatever, wherever fear is, that's your giant. This is not hard. So I think you need to spend quality time with yourself and say, you know what? Let's analyze because really this series is really about looking deep, deep, deep into to you. You know, don't, don't sit there. I know this. You guys, I know what y'all do. I can see it from here. I, I see something good, especially if you're sitting like, like Laura and Kathy are sitting, and boom, there goes the elbow. No, this is not for her, Laura. This is all for you. And Kathy, this is all for you. you know, let's get so like, you know, Devlin. No, no. Listen, because unless we get resolve some of these things, guess what? You will face that same giant forever. And you will get to heaven, and you will be so disappointed because God said, how come you put up with that for 40 years? You're going to say, I don't know, sir. That's what we're here to learn this morning. Amen? All right, give me the next one. All right, we're going to go through these because we got a lot of ground to cover this morning. So number two, and not really number two, but I want to, I want to pull out this scripture because a lot of what I'm going to talk about this morning is in verse 28 of 1 Samuel 17. You don't have to go there. Give me the next one. Um, I don't know if, I think we're missing somebody back there. If somebody wants to help back there, it'd be great. If not, um, I'll just read my notes. I can't do everything. So let's, let, me, let me read a note here, and then we'll get into verse 28. Your Goliath, and this is just note, it's not up on the screen. Your Goliath doesn't carry a sword. All right? And so I just broke down some things, just so you help you identify. He brandishes blades of unemployment, abandonment. In this time of age, uncertainty, temper, debt, bills, marriage, lust, addictions, depression. I mean, we could go down a whole list of things. Are you here this morning? So, you know, our giant is not the Goliath of the Old Testament. But our giants are just as real. So in this scripture, I want, we're going to pull some things out of here. Pretty much everything I'm going to teach you this morning is, is found in this one scripture. So David's oldest brother, Eliab, heard David talking to the men, and he was angry. Now, you remember, we read the whole story two weeks ago about, you know, David's... What was, what was he angry about? David is a 16, they say 16, 17-year-old kid. And the whole conversation, I'm, I'm going to put this in there right now in case you weren't here. Or you didn't hear it or whatever. You forgot. He shows up. Let me, before I read it, because I, I, just, I just realized if I don't bring context, some of you are like, what is he talking about? So the context is, David is not in the army. He's been training since a little kid to be a slinger and good at weapons. And the proof is he's 17 years old. And he, could, and he fought a lion and a bear. And not only did he, not long distance. The Bible says he attacked one and opened the jaws and took the lamb out. That's a 17-year-old. And today they're like on their phone and all, you know, anyway, I don't want to go there. But that was the old school 17-year-olds, all right? So his dad says, go to your brothers and take them some food. That's the only thing he's supposed to do. Got one job, right? And he goes there, and as he's, as he's there, the food would go to one place. It, it didn't go like to his brothers. It would go to a general, like, kitchen area where all the food, and you know, and that's how they would supply their troops, family, so forth and so on. So... He's there, and he sees Goliath come down. Pay attention to this. He's been doing this for 40 years. And this is what I'm saying. Not 40 years, 40 days. But, but if you're not careful, you'll, you'll deal with your same giant for 40 years. Your giant's not going to leave you unless, you unless you tumble it. And David goes down there and goes, wait, what? <laughs> what did he say? He just mocked God? And then he has this 17-year-old thought. 
What do you get if you kill him? That's a good thought, right? What do you get if you kill him? And he asks a bunch. They say, well, uh, you don't pay taxes anymore. You're your family. That, that's a good one. Um, you get the king's daughter. Come on, you don't tell a 17-year-old with his hormones all jacked up that you're going to get a 17-year-old queen, a princess. He goes like, wait, what? You get the, the princess and tax-free life. He goes, okay. That sounds too good to be true. So he goes and asks a bunch of other people. What do you get if you kill that guy? They tell him the same thing. I just want to make sure. Can I get this in writing? So he goes to another people. What do you get if you kill And his brothers were so annoyed about this his attitude. And this is where this comes up. But let me jump ahead of this so I can finish the story. He's so annoying that it gets to Saul. Read it. Read it carefully. It, it just didn't, he didn't just show up. I'm here. Somebody said, hey, what's all this? Who is this kid? Bring him over here. What do you want? I just want to know what you get if you kill the giant. And then, you know, the rest of the story, he kills him, so forth. But here's the key to what we've got to understand, because this is where I want you to bring this into your life. If you, if you don't take an application of this to your life, we just had a good, really good story. Amen? But David's oldest brother, Eliab, heard David talking to them, and he was angry. He's like, what is this little punk kid doing here? What are you doing around here anyway, he demanded. What about those few sheep you're supposed to be taking care of? That's mocking him. Remember that. Because all these things are going to come in. I know about your pride and deceit. You just want to see the battle. Okay, so what, what, are we, what are we getting out of here? So let's, let's go into this, first of all. I want to give you, you know, a, a few questions that I want you to answer on the inside and see where this takes us because conformity will never move you. Remember that. Give me the next slide. Conformity will never move you. And what's happening here is that 40 days this little song's been going. Are you with me? 40 days this little song's been going. Here comes a giant. He makes fun of everybody. They all show up to this whatever is going to be that's not going to happen. And he just mocks them and mocks them and mocks them. And everybody goes back to their camp. Next day, 40 days. Question to you. How old is your giant, right? And some of the things that we see before we can even face our giants, whatever it is, I mean, you can say, well, I'm going to hit myself. I don't want to say that. But you can say, you know, a lot of things. But number one, what we do find in, the, in that verse I gave you is question number one, are you waiting for any kind of approval from anybody before you are willing to challenge whatever the challenge is? Because you see, I don't know what your giant is. I know what my giants are. I, I don't know what yours are. And we've fought a lot of giants many years, and we're fighting some currently. Are you still with me? But you have to identify these. And once you identify this, then how's the question? Are you waiting for approval? Does somebody have to tell you, go get them? Because if we find out, you know, the, the previous verse that I showed you, you know, David did not wait for the approval of his brothers. What are you doing here? Well, I just brought food. No, you go home. You go back to dad. Go back to your sheep. We don't approve of you being here. Think about anything, any kind of giant in your life. Has anybody spoken of it? Number two, who told you what you are? Who told you? what or who you are. Who told you that? Because again, back to that, that previous scripture, you're a sheep herder. You're not a giant slayer. Go home. Who told you that you can't do it? Who told you, Marcos, that your business can't prosper? Who told you that? Who told you that you can't live a healthy life? Who told you you can't get you know, in better shape? Who told you you can't you know, run an investment account? 
Because you're not smart enough. Who told you these things? Who told you you can't kill the giant? Who told you you're out of place? Who told you you're a sheep herder and not a giant slayer? Who told you? See, these are important things because we carry branding from our childhood. Parents, listen to me. Those first five years of your, of your son or daughter, those first five years are the most important years of his life. And you better make sure you, you listen to the Holy Spirit. Because however you train that child, you will create that personality in him. And you got to be careful not to brand them. You'll never amount to nothing. No, 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 no. Don't, don't think about college. Nobody in this, in this family has ever gone to college. You say that to a five-year-old, four-year-old. Come on, get out of the way. You're always in my way. Go find something to do. Who told you you can't do it? Because here's, here's where Christianity really means something. That's what Marco said. I love what he said. You know, it, it, it means nothing until you see a word. Da- the, the story of David means nothing except it's a great story and the, and the great movies have been made of it, but it means absolutely nothing unless you figure out how to kill a giant. It's just a cute little story. Just like Star Wars or any other cute little story. No, this is real. But there are so many things, that, that, that challenges that David's facing. I mean, he already knows he can take this guy. This is not an issue for him. He's like, what are you going to get? You know, he never asked, how am I going to kill him? That's never in, in the whole story of David. You never find him saying, you know, um, gee, you know, I'm going to use this tactic. That is, the death of that giant was settled when he first saw it. His problem was all this other stuff. And that wasn't even his problem. His brothers couldn't stand him because one chapter previously, uh, Samuel showed up and he, they didn't even like him. He wasn't even around. And Jesse had to go, go fetch David. And they brought David and they anointed him as king in front of his brothers. So his brothers didn't like him. Amen? How can anybody, here's a good question for you, especially married couples, parents, I mean, how can anybody know you better than you? See, we got to be careful with all this branding. We got to be careful with people telling us what we can do and what we can't do. We got to tell people, you got to be careful with telling people what they're supposed to change or not supposed to change in their life. You know, when I was in the world, I always get a joke out of this. When I was in the world, I, you know, just like I'm, I'm a believer, I was in the world. I was 100%. I made a joke the other day, please, online church, don't, don't take it the wrong way. But, you know, growing up in Mexico and being, you know, Mexican, my mom being Mexican, all Mexicans have like this little gray area, right? Like everything is like just a little bit outside the law. <laughs> no, 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 Anyway, so I went from a really bad place to meeting Jesus. And, and, and let me point out, point out I'm saying, saying these things. When I was there, everybody told me what I was, and it didn't help me one bit. You're a drug addict, really? You got some? I mean, what are you going to... You, you're this, you're good for... Everybody knows who you are. And you know who you are. So be careful of public opinion when attacking a giant, because you're going to find out... Let, let's just say this. I'm, I want to use something. Not all giants are trouble. There are dreams that are on the other side of your giant. And that dream could be like, I would just want to be self-employed. I want to have my own business. I want to be, you know, I have time for my family. That, you know, but the, what is the giant? Money. So then God puts this thing and gives you this million-dollar idea or whatever idea and says, here's your business. And you're like, yeah. And then this kicks in. All these will kick in instantly. Yeah, I just had this really good business idea. And you tell somebody that's close to you, they're like, oh, um, yeah, you really need to 
check on these things because I heard, you know, so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so, and they went broke when they did the same business you're doing. You're waiting for approval. Then you go to somebody else, somebody's like, I got this great business idea. And, 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 and somebody says, but who told you that you could even do that? You're not, you ready? Qualified. This is all coming from his brothers, right? And here's the thing. How can anybody know what you, and, and I'll tell you something. Here's the key to somebody. Next time God gives you a dream, shut up. Shut up. The only person, I mean, sometimes, sometimes you've got to be careful even sharing it with your spouse because unless they're on track, you know, your soulmate could become a dream killer. Because it's not that they're bad people, but, you know, we're at different places. <laughs> I'm preaching a lot better than y'all tracking this morning. But my point is, your giant is in front of your dream. So it's not like, well, my giant is cancer. Okay, that's serious. But your giant could also be to have your own business, to really enjoy your life, to really begin to, you know, make some decisions about the future of your life where you don't just have to be bound up and tied down and broken, you know, busted and disgusted your whole life. So all these things become important. And here's the other one. How about meeting someone else's expectations before you meet your own? That was the expectations of his brother. What are you doing here? You're not supposed to be here. You're, you're the sandwich boy. You bring us sandwiches. You are supposed to bring me a sandwich. Bring me the sandwich. Go back and tend to your sheep. So the question I want to, before we go into the, to, to the, you know, the bullet points I'm going to give you, are you meeting someone else's expectations before you're even meeting yours? I'm talking about the expectations about you, not their expectations. Be careful with this one because a lot of these things, I just call it branding. You can get in a relationship. And it's not, it's not that they don't love each other. But it gets out of whack because, you know, you have your expectations and your spouse has their expectations. There's nothing wrong with that. But if you're not careful, then you're trying to get your expectations placed on their expectations. And now you got problems. Because what God gave you is yours. And that's another message for another time. He will hold you accountable for what he gave you. And if we're not careful, we're always, you know, I had a situation even, even yet, it wasn't a big situation. I don't want to go real public Facebook, but it just has to do with, you know, service utility providers where I live. And I did get upset because we were two days without water on a weekend in a house full of grandkids. But I'm balancing, you know, where is the anger versus, you know, you know and sin not. And one of the things that, that I hold dear, but at the same time, you, gotta, you guys got to cut me some slack, is that people put an expectation on a preacher. We're just supposed to let people walk over us and just take it all. And this, yeah, y'all turn on the water whenever y'all ready. Y'all got the wrong preacher. And I have to balance that. But because I am that way, I got stuff done, and the water came on at 8 o'clock at night. But there was a lot of stuff before that. And the expectation is, so I, so I still say, you know, I don't really care what, you, what your expectation of a, what a preacher is supposed to be or isn't supposed to be. I know, what my, well, I know what God expects from me, and that's my only responsibility. And the second one is I know what my wife expects from me. And I know what my kids expect from me, and I know what my grandkids expect from me, and that's the end. 
And I really could care less what you expect from me. I love you. I'm here to bless you. But I have to get beyond. Because when I was dealing with this, I'm like, here's a little voice. Remember, you're a pastor. And I'm like, not right now. And my head spun out, and I vomited some green stuff, and I felt a lot better. The last one, when you tackle your giants, and we're going to move into, into the, to the bullet points real quick here, is that one. Using unfamiliar methods or suggestions. Because here's that voice, that voice. What's the other thing? And here I'm going to go a little bit forward. It didn't happen right here, but it happened in the story. When he finally goes with Saul, and Saul says, here's my armor, here's my sword, here's everything. Go kill him. And David tried it on. He said, ah, it doesn't fit. Say, it doesn't fit. Say it like you mean it. You see, people are telling you things. And it doesn't fit. People are telling you things about how you're supposed to run your life, how you're supposed to run your life, how you're supposed to run your life, and how you, what are you supposed to do, Dawson? And what everybody, everybody's got all these opinions about you. But guess what? Just say it. It doesn't fit. You know, if I would have started this church in Hebronville on any human reasoning, we wouldn't be here. Because everything about this is, you're, 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 this, it's not going to work. You can't have a church of this capacity in a town of this capacity. You see, I don't listen to that. I didn't listen to, well, there's other church. I couldn't, I just knew God said, go over here. That's it. That's the only voice I could follow because if, I, if any, any, other, any other suggestion, I can read books. I do read books. I'm back to my other mic. I've been back to my other mic. Thank you, Maurice. Good at this. I've got two mics. I'm preaching in stereo now. You got to be careful because somebody else's methods worked for them to kill their giants doesn't mean those methods are going to work for you to kill your giants. We should learn and we should study. Study to show. I, I, I read a lot. I was joking with, with Caden because he piles all his toys and everything. And you know, we had to move, move me books. And he said, it's just, there was five books. I learned this from H many, many years ago on a motorcycle trip. I didn't know you could read more than one book at a time. I taught it from him. I thought you were supposed to read a book and finish it. Not H. He reads 45 books. And I said, oh, you can do that? So I have this pile of books, about five different books right there where I sit. And he says, do you read all those? I said, yes, I read this one until I get bored. And then I read this one until I get bored. And then then I come back and I do it all over again. My point of that is you need information all the time absorbing. I'm always reading. I'm always looking. I'm always checking. But at the end of the day, be careful that all that absorption of information is not unfamiliar method to you, whatever that information came. Are you all tracking with me? Because it's, it's kind of a weird message because I can't just put, okay, let's talk about sickness. No, the giant is anything in your life that is keeping you from your dream, your influence, your potential. And the big one, your calling. That's the big one. Because everyone listening to me right now, live, f- Facebook live, future podcast, you're called. To something. I don't know what, but you're called to something. Other than to aggravate people. Trust me. All right. Let's go on. Let's get to the title of the message. The giant is the way. We have to stop trying. Next slide, please. We have to stop trying to avoid giants. Because that is, that is human nature. Ah, a giant. Go hide. What did we learn from David? Verse 48. Read it with me. He ran. Stop. He didn't casually walk. He didn't hide behind a tree. He ran. Because guess what? He knew. (laughs) He ran because he wanted that princess. He ran 
because he wanted the tax exemption. He wasn't running for any, he wasn't running for anything else. He was in a hurry to get his victory. And there's only one little item in front of him. It's called a giant. That was not a non-issue for David. You see, you got to understand this. The giant is the way. But everything in your life, I don't care what you do, business, health, family, finances, you name it, will start with a decision of quality. And what is a decision of quality? It's just a very simple thing. I learned this many, many years ago from Brother Copeland, many, many years ago, and it just branded me, and I said, that's a good point. A decision of quality is a a decision you make, and once you make it, you burn every bridge behind you. I mean, you literally, you know, like say, well, you know, I'm tired of working for somebody. Quit! Instead of keep, you know know how many, there's people in my life, you know, and they're not bad people, but I eventually kind of squelch them out, because every time I hear them, for the last 20 years, they're always talking about, I'm just tired of working for somebody else. I just want to start my... They've been singing that same song for 20 years. Good people, love Jesus, no problem. But you know what? They're never going to start a business. Because there's no, there's, there hasn't been a decision of quality. Whatever, it, whatever your, your giant has, what is the decision of quality? Some of you, Pastor, a giant? Mine is like a legion, right? <laughs> there's like a hundred of them. Okay, and that's okay. Just make sure you name every one of them. Because every one of those giants will start, every, every, (laughs) slow down, Mr. Box. Zen, right? Every one of those giants has a name. And if you can't identify them, you're not going to knock them down. Once you identify them, you do have to be a little focused. Because there'll be a lot of distractions, right? I mean, just say, just, just come up with a glorious idea that you're going to get on a diet and you're going to be the hungriest you've ever been. And you're going to crave stuff you hadn't craved forever. I mean, people are thinking you're pregnant. Let me just say it that way. Because it is a mind game, right? But when the decision of quality comes, you know, somebody, you know, I got on this thing, you know, like, like, like last May. I still got a lot of ways to go, but, you know, I'm working on something. But, but some said, well, what did you start? It started with decision of quality. I was kind of joking with somebody. I said, yeah, I made that decision before too. <laughs> but it's never too late to hit the reset. But you've got to, at least in your being, you have to understand what a decision of quality. This is like, it's such a big point, you know. There is a scripture in Deuteronomy, don't go there. Verse, Deuteronomy 28, verse 1. It says, I have placed before you. No, and I'm not, not sorry, verse 1. It's down into verse like 31, somewhere in there. Deuteronomy 20, verse 30. If I'm wrong, don't judge me and don't leave the church because I missed it. And it says, I have placed life and death before you, blessing and cursing. Watch this one. It says, you choose. Right there. It's in the Bible. Deuteronomy 28. You go down, dig it down. I have placed life and death before you, blessing and curse. It's almost like, it's almost like a test with the answer. But the choice is still yours. And that's why God, you know, gave you the answer, hoping, (laughs) hoping he would hear it. But we don't hear it because, listen to that question. I should have put that scripture up, but it's there. You go, it's Deuteronomy 28, I believe, 30, 31. Um, If somebody finds it, you yell it out so everybody knows where it's at. But it says, I have placed before you life and death. Everybody say life and death. So those are two scenarios. And, And life and death is not about breathing and not breathing. It talks about quality. There are people that are dead today 
that will not see the grave for 20 years. Amen? They're already dead. They've lost all joy of living. They've lost all purpose and meaning. They're just breathing. That's not life. Life is fulfilled. Life is finding your gift, your, you know, what makes you tick, what God called you to do. So when he says, I have placed life, that's livable life, not existing life. And then he says, I have placed life and I have placed death. It doesn't mean ceasing to exist. It's obviously, it means insignificant life. It means no purpose, no meaning. You're just breathing. And then he says, and attached to those things, life blessing, death curse. Boy, that would preach. And then a little tiny little thing that people seem to ignore says, you choose. Well, pastor, I choose life, really? So if you choose life, that means that every decision and every action that comes after you should promote that. You can't, you say, you can't, you can't say I choose life and continue with destructive life patterns. You can't say I choose life and continue to be somebody that nobody can stand to be around. Se acabaron los amenes. You can't say I choose something and then go to the complete opposite of what you chose. Well, I choose not to drink beer. But I, I'm not judging that. That's, not, that's between you guys. I don't even care about that. That's, I'm so beyond that. Trust me, I'm not, I'm not that guy. I'm just saying, whatever you choose, there has to be a follow-up. The reason there's so many divorces in America, there's a lot of reasons, but one of the reasons there's divorces in a church, which shouldn't be divorced in a church, is because people chose on their own ego and nothing else. And now they got a mess because now they're married to somebody they can't stand. Choosing is, a, you know, a qu- decision of quality is the foundation for everything else. And, and this is really, I know, I know some of these messages pull on you, but they pull on me too. I'm, you know, I, I'll be honest with you, I was going back to my little trip here trying to get my, you know, in, in shape. I was doing really, really good. And then I got a little sidetracked because my mom, God bless you in heaven, mommy, you branded me with eating sweet bread. Because in my house, there was always sweet bread. I grew up in Mexico, and at 6 o'clock, la panadería salía el pan calientito. Ooh, Jesus. After we worship Jesus for a thousand years, I'm going to ask him, why did all the good stuff make me fat? <laughs> Broccoli should make you fat and, and should kick up your cholesterol, not pie. Anyway, that's another, another. But, you know, it, 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 it goes back to so So I saw myself drifting, and I started, what happens when you drift? Well, the weight came back. Not all of it, thank God, but enough to get me to react. Like, Whoa, Jesus, so, 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 so down. Well, I didn't take, I didn't need, you know, a counseling session with anybody. I knew exactly what was going on. Because in my house, they still like cookies and bread. And they could care less that I'm working on something because they just open all the packages of cookies and everything. You know, les digo ustedes porque vienen con el pie, right? So I have to come back. Listen to this. You always can come back to that decision you made. That decision was made, I can almost tell you the date, but it was made probably like around the first week of June last year when I had my little aha moment, and I said, you know what, you've you got to get your stuff together. I, I was done. I didn't go on a diet, get rid of that word because the word die is in there. It's a joke. <laughs> because when you say, I'm going to get on a diet, you're, you're actually saying, I'm also going to get off a diet. And you're going to take a period of time, which for most of you is probably like 24 hours, and then, I'm, I'm being brutal this morning. I, I apologize. It's just those people made me mad yesterday. I'm, I'm just taking it out on y'all. 
But I'm, I, you know, I want to spend a little time on this because that decision is the key. David's decision was not made by the giant. It was made by what he gets. The decision wasn't made about that. It was what do you get? And when he confirmed enough, when he stopped being necio, and he confirmed enough that's what you got, he went and got it. End of story, right? Are you sure I get the girl and the, and the tax-free? Yeah, okay. No, I can't use your stuff. I got, I, I got my ways. But I want to encourage you, you know, really, pr- before you ever pursue anything that I'm telling you, start with a quality decision. Next one. Yes, ma'am. 3019? Okay, I was completely off, sorry. <laughs> Deuteronomy 3019. I said 28 because I was thinking about the blessing. That's good. Thank you, Deanna. I, I want you to know that scripture because it's so powerful. There's so much in there. All right, if you can hit the next one. So, as we're, I need to wrap this up. We still got communion. All right. Giants, this was, this was brand new. I got this one last night as I was tuning my notes. Giants use excuses as fuel. So you got to stop with that, right? The giant will use an excuse. And I just gave you a list. Maybe somebody needs to hear this. Talk about parenting. If you've, you know, I've done it, and I've corrected myself. Don't you ever tell your kid when he, when he wants something. I've done it, and, I, and I, I'm telling you, I've corrected myself because I see it's not good. Um, don't, you know, if your child wants something, hey, Daddy, can I have this? Don't ever say, I can't afford it. Don't ever say that. And if you can't, you know, you might not be able to afford it. Don't misunderstand. Just don't say it. What you do is you take that kid's hand and say, you want that? Let's get an agreement right now. We're going to believe God for this thing to show up in our life. Now, you, you be patient. You in agreement? Yeah, daddy. Okay. And you watch how quick that thing, because the faith of a child, but you never, we can't afford it. Because what are you doing? You're branding that child now with a poverty mentality that will stay with him for the rest of his life. We've all been branded with it, by the way, some, in some form or fashion. I was, I was raised like that. We can't afford it. We can't afford it. That's all I ever heard. So what happens when I could afford it? I bought everything. <laughs> and then I went into debt because now I can afford it. No, I can't afford it. I can afford credit. Okay. You know, you guys been there. It's too expensive. It requires more experience than we have. I mean, Again, everyone, hopefully you got some giant in your psyche right now that you're thinking about. This has come along too soon. It was unexpected. Really? When is trouble expected? (laughs) Right? Stuff shows up. It's not that good. Something better will come along in a minute. Oh, no, don't worry about it. Something better. You know, (laughs) I'm too old or I'm too young. I could tell you stories and stories and stories about people that were too old. And they did amazing things. And people like David that were too young and did amazing things. It can't be done since no one has done it. Well, I've heard that one. So you can't have a church in Hebron, Bill. Really? No one's done it. I guess we're going to have to figure out if it can be done. You know, if you go back, and I'm going to miss some of the numbers up. H left so he can correct me, but I'll take advantage that he's out. I'm going to mess up. I don't want to say the numbers, but I'll tell you the story because I know I'm going to mess it all up. The long-distance record for running, and I, I'm not going to get all the names, the, the 100-yard dash, which was, did nobody, no, I'm sorry, the, the mile, the, the, the big one was the mile, was a four-minute mile, right? Something like that. 
It could not be broken. I mean, nobody could break it. It was just for many, many years that record stood, whatever the, whatever the number was. It just stood there. Years and years and years and years. Well, one guy broke it. And he broke it by, you know, tenths of seconds. Well, it wasn't two or three years after that event that that record just got broken and broken and broken and broken and broken. People just keep getting faster and faster and faster. What happened? Why was there such a long time where people say it can't be broken? And then one guy broke it, and not only did he break the record, a slew of, he didn't hold the record very long. Because here's the thing. As soon as somebody says, there's no way that giant is falling, your little antenna should go up and say, hmm, that must be a way then. And it's up to me and my God to figure this thing out. Do not take no for an answer. That giant in your life has to come down. But, you, but excuses are what stops people. And again, I'm, I'm, sometimes I'm a little brutal with people, but I say, you know, even our leadership knows it. I said, if you have a problem, bring the problem. Let's talk about it. But you better have a solution to it. Don't just come here with a problem and walk out the door. You bring the problem. Even if the solution is not the right one, I want to hear you thinking in proactive ways. That might not be the solution, but at least you're showing me that you're looking at the fix. Because we all get buried in the broken. We're always burying the, oh, it's we can't do this. We're Mexicans, we're this. I don't have an education, I don't have that. Really? How many, how, you know, Michael Jordan, you remember him? He got kicked out of his high school basketball team. And when he, when he got back on, you know, you know how many people told him you'll never amount to nothing? And he became the GOAT, right? Greatest of all time. I mean, there's stories like that all over the world. Why don't you think that can be your story? Amen? All right. Let's try to land this thing. Give me the next one. This is, when you hear about life, when you hear my little stories, I'm not trying to, you know, you're not going to replicate my life. You got your own story. But Jesus taught with parables. You're being trained. You're being trained right now to face giants. You're being trained about what is your part, what is God's part, and how to combine both parts and have a life, listen to me, of continual victory. From victory to victory to victory. Yeah, there's a battle, there's a battle, there's a battle, but I don't live in the battle. I live in the victory and the victory and the victory and the victory. That's the way God designed this. Yes, the battles are there, but you know what? I'm I'm so done. I'm like, devil, bring it. I already resolved like Paul. I'm already dead, so it doesn't really matter what you do. I've been crucified with Christ. I mean, that, that is really the heart of this. You know, bring it. Because the problem, on the other side of that problem, is my reward. On the other side of that problem is my tax-free life. Remember? Trust your training. Trust your gift. Trust your covenant. I mean, really, those three, you know, H kicked off this year with a teaching on covenant. Did it matter to you at all? I mean, this is it. This is the covenant. God cannot break it. He would stop being God. I'm not going to preach. But you know who breaks it all the time? We do. So you got to trust your training, trust your gift, and especially trust your covenant. Continually, and I'm talking every single day, develop a rock-solid trust in God. And I put this this morning. I actually added that last little line because I was a little download I had. Daily trust exercises. Just do daily trust exercises. Was it pastors and faith and trust the same thing? No, it's not the same thing. Faith is something that I need to see something come into my life that is not there yet. Trust is something I've developed. 
You've developed a trust in those chairs because last week they held, held you. And unless you gorge like I did this week, they should still hold you. But we develop a trust, right? We sit. I'm not going to sit because I'm looking at you. But, you know, I don't, I don't oh, turn the chair over and say, well, I hope sure the, the welding's still on it good, you know. I don't do that. Because that chair has held me over and over and over. Is this too deep? How many times has God let you down? I'm, I'm serious. Write them down. How many times has God come through? And I'm serious. Write them down. I mean, it, it, God, God is real. I mean, God, you're not going to offend God by writing down where you think he missed, where, where you think in your ideas where he did not show up. Now, he might have a lot of explaining. Not, that sounds bad. He, he'll explain to you his perspective. He'll do that. I have a lot of questions. You know, we have lots of questions. We don't have all the answers. You know, why do some people get healed and some don't? We could ask, where are the dinosaurs, right? All that kind of stuff. That doesn't matter. What matters is trust, the faith of a child. When you see that giant, you've got to go into that. He's already done because the battle belongs to the Lord. I'm just a foot soldier, but the battle belongs to the Lord. Come on, church. I'm just here to do my job, but I've been, I've been trained. I am well-equipped. I got the shield of faith. I got, you know, I got the whole armor of God. I'm very well-trained to approach this giant, but at the end of the day, the battle belongs to him. That's the trust that I am trying to develop in my life because things come. Boom, they slap you. You know what I'm saying? If God can't fix it, I don't care. Well, that is kind of a lame attitude, Pastor. No, that is a trust attitude. But I go back to my part. Before I throw it back on God, I'm going, well, maybe do I need to lose some weight so the pain will leave? I still believe God did a miracle. I believe God did a miracle. Some of you are wondering about why my finger is black. is because I totally destroyed this finger right after I got COVID. It was like, I got COVID, broke my finger. Yeah, I remember Kathy was like, are you going to play on Sunday? And I'm like, yes. And I destroyed my finger. I'm like, no. <laughs> oh, then I got COVID, so I didn't show up. And it was hurting. I mean, I had, it was so much pain. And I said, no. And I just believe God. I believe God. I believe God. Well, you know, it was a, a week later. I, was, I didn't have any feeling in it. It was completely numb, and I started playing guitar a little bit. No feeling. Now it's just a little tiny bit, but I mean, you can see my nail. It's not like I went death metal, guys, okay? I'm just saying. In that case, I would just paint all of them, all right? But, um, you know, I believe God healed. I really believe God healed his finger. I'm convinced because the pain that I felt was not a pinch. It was brutal. And if you've ever broken a bone, you know what I'm talking about. God, you got to develop that trust. And I'm thinking, Lord, I, you know, you've done it before, so... You just trust. You just sit on him. You just sit on the chair of God and say, Lord, you got this. And listen for the downloads and listen for the information. Continually develop this. And when I say daily trust exercise, I'm almost done, guys. And we do need a few more minutes before we can go. But here's my point. Little things. Do you lose your keys? And did you ask God to help you find them? And you found them? That's what I'm talking about. Because we want like the big, I got healed of cancer. That's praise God. That's awesome. But sometimes we just got to know, where did I leave my keys? <laughs> you know, if, you, if you're developing a symptom and you say, Lord, I believe I'm healed, you know, this little sniffle, and, and you notice the sniffle is gone, trust. Da- in other words, develop daily exercise, trust exercises. In other words, make sure your day is full of little things that you need God to take care of. Little things. Scheduling, protection on the highway, whatever. But what happens when that giant comes? You're like, you don't even say, I got this. You say, we got this. Amen. And just like Marcos gave us that great illustration, 
And you're over here, that little kid. I was so good, Marcos. Little kid. Ah, the guy said, no, no, get, just, just, get, just, just get behind me. We got this. You ready? I'm ready. All right, let's go. He's going to go with you. He's not going to do it by himself. And that's where you need to find out your part. Amen? Finish with a couple of scriptures. Philippians 4.13, Amplified Bible. This is one of my all-time favorite translations of the scripture. I have strength for all things in Christ. Who empowers me? Remember where he comes from. But then he says this, I am ready for anything. Why don't you read it with me? Like, 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 you know, like you're about to get on the football field. Ready? Read. I am ready. I am ready for anything and equal to anything through him who infuses inner strength into me. I am self-sufficient in Christ. Sufficiency. Isn't that good? I mean, when you say it, when you confess that with an attitude, you feel it. That's exactly what David's attitude was. When he saw that giant, now he's not talking about Jesus because Jesus hadn't shown up in that way. But he knows. He's, he knows, ah, I got this. Because, if, you know, I'm tr- I've been trained, I'm talented, but I also have Yahweh's infusion into my life. And let me tell you about this word. I, w- I really don't want to take more time, but this is the last word I'm going to preach to you. That little word infusion is a very important word. Because infusion, we just say, oh, that's cute. No, infusion means things have been blended under the pressure of temperature or under the pressure of anything to the point where it's not two different substances. It has become one substance. Correct, doctor? Something like that? That's, that's you know, an infusion is not like you, you know, you put something in a blender. That's not an infusion because if, that stuff's not one substance. Think about that. God is saying, you're not me and him. We're not us and him. We're not, it's one. He became one. And every giant knows, every giant that's talking to you right now knows that you have him in you. But guess what? The giant's not going to tell you. He's not going to tell you that. That's up to you to discover and to bring up. I have strength for all things. And the last scripture, give it to me. I think the last slide should be there. No, that's it? Oh, oh, this is so good. Isaiah, go ahead and stand with me. Stretch up. You've been sitting down for a while. I want you to think about this because I know some of you are going through this right now. Change that word waters for giant, but it's still waters. (laughs) But I want you to see this because we're going to take communion in a moment. And I want this communion to mean something to you, meaning maybe the Lord has brought something up through this teaching. Maybe the Lord brought something up through Pastor Dan's visit. But right now you're at a point where you can take those elements of communion. I can tell you what, I'll tell you something really significant about communion. Use the elements of communion as the point of the decision of quality. And you'll never forget it. Make a decision this Sunday morning here. Take communion over that. Honor God. Maybe God's dealing with you about your health. Maybe he's dealing with you about your finances. Maybe he's dealing with you about getting involved in church. Maybe he's dealing with 10,000 things. I don't know. But take communion and say, today I make a quality decision. In other words, I burn every bridge behind this decision that I will not only face the giant, I'm knocking him down. And I'm not even looking at the giant. I'm looking at the reward on the other side of the giant. Focus on the reward. Close your eyes. This may take a moment. The presence of God is here. When you pass through the waters, I want you to receive this prophetically. Close your eyes. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. Father, we just come to you this morning. Just as we are who we are. And nothing more, nothing less. 
And Father, without you, I've proven to the whole planet that I am nothing. But with you, we are everything we need. And Lord, today we take authority. And and Father, I pray right now over every giant that has been come up, number one, against every person in this church, every person watching me online, whatever his name or her name or it name may be, today they, they fall. They crumble. Father, we just pray a simple prayer this morning that show us our part. We take the word very seriously, like Marco said. We take this word, and yes, so we go through waters, we go through storms, but we don't stay there. And Father, this church is on this greatest rebound that I've ever seen. I believe that with all my heart. That 2022 will be such a significant year for this church. But I pray for these families. And Father, we've been through this, you know, this COVID thing for too long, and it is messing with a lot of things. But I pray right now that decisions are being made in this building that will affect their history, not, their immediate, not just their immediate history, listen to this, but history down 10, 20 years down the line. That, Father, we are, because of you, giant slayers, and no giant will ever slow us down, and whatever name it carries, debt, unemployment, health, family, and all the other things pertaining to life, Father, today they bow their knee. And I thank you, Father, as we take communion this morning, we seal that with a quality decision that we win. We win according to you because you do take us from victory to victory. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. You may be seated for a moment. And ushers, if you would minister to the people, I'd appreciate it. Woo, that was good. Glory to God. Thank you, sir. I think we're going back to the old school. We'll go all the way old school. We'll have a loaf of bread for you, please. Right? That's, that's, that's Bible-believing church right there. Just bring a loaf of bread and a cup of wine. <laughs> no, some of you would take too much of the communion, I think. Just saying. Not everybody's redeemed. <laughs> Glory to God. We're just waiting for the ushers to minister to people. If you, if you can, well, you don't have to because you've got your hands full, but... I always do this. I always enjoy doing it. Go to, well, don't go. 1 Corinthians 11. And I'm watching them. They're almost done. But the context of communion, remember, Jesus taught us with an example of the Passover. So, so the Lord's Supper wasn't invented by the church. It was a Christian version of the Passover. 
which was a remembrance of covenant. It was a remembrance of that blood on the post that delivered them. Remember, that's where this, that's where this thing started right here. This is where we're at, the Passover. Isn't that interesting? Because we're like, oh, take it a little bit, take it a little No, no, this is covenant stuff. So Paul brings it to the church, and they made a mess out of it. I'm not going to give you the history because our clock is way, way, way gone. But here's the point. He said, no, no, you guys got this whole thing wrong. He says, because when you take this, in the, and it's not, it's, don't, don't focus on this like there's some kind of magic to that because then, then you're going to get weird. This is just a piece of bread and, you know, grape juice. It's been there a long time. It might not be grape juice anymore. Who knows what's in there now? <laughs> Those things have been there a long time. So this is not, there's no magic. The power is your understanding of what Jesus did on the cross. And this is just a reminder. Do this in remembrance, right? Remind, Jesus, covenant, blood. Jesus, covenant, blood. Jesus, covenant, blood. You know, Jesus, covenant, blood. That's the remembrance. What force can stand against that? Nothing. But we take this, I have to communicate. And then the other thing was, there was schisms among the people, and that was a big one for Paul. He said, he said you, guys, you guys are dying. You guys are missing the whole point because you guys are, there's racism in the church. There's all kinds of nonsense in the church. So that's another thing that you do in communion. You, you make a decision. Guess what? This is our family, guys. All this? I know some of y'all might not like each other, but that, you know, you're your family. And I'm not talking about, I know, Heavenbill's all related. I get that. Not that family. I'm talking about your God family. And you settle those things in communion. And you forgive. If there's aught in a marriage, take communion. If there's, you're harboring offense, today you let go. That is the remembrance. Remembrance. The covenant is way more important than my feelings. The covenant is way more important than the attack. The, co- the covenant. Jesus. Covenant. Jesus. Covenant. You know, blood. Jesus. Covenant. Blood. Jesus. Get that in, in you. Because that blood is what everything is based on. Amen? So today, I just encourage you, put whatever the greatest need is at the communion table, but I would add into it to say, Lord, I make a decision of quality. And bring up that giant. If it's just one, if it's ten, I don't know, pick one, you know. But get rid of it because we are moving forward. And I just really believe that, you know, really the best days of this church are ahead of it. And you're part of it. Amen. Father, we thank you once again. And as we take communion, we do it with honor and respect to you. And Paul, in 1 Corinthians 11, verse 24, And when he had given thanks, he broke the bread. He said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. After the same manner, also he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This is the cup of the New Testament, or New Covenant. In my blood do you often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for the miracles that have gone forth, the decisions of quality that have been settled. And I just thank you, Lord, that we are setting. Father, as we finish the first month is out, but we are setting our GPS for this church to do amazing things in our community. I thank you for all the wonderful people. I thank you for our online church that is watching. And I call them blessed in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, last. Hey, give the Lord praise. Yeah, he's had one coming. Come on. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, sir. Um, well, y'all know what we're doing next. I was going to talk about that, but I don't have time. So if you need an envelope for your giving, raise your hands. Worship Jesus with your offering. Make sure that your heart is in that envelope more than your money. You know, bless God. And thank you for your support. You know, your money... Just to remind everybody, reminding our online church, your money blesses Cuba continually. We just sent money again last week. Um, keeps the doors open to our church in Mexico. We pay about half, half of the rent down there. Well, you pay about half of the rent. So, you know, when you look at your money, remember there are lives that you probably will never, ever, ever meet. 
that are connected to that dollar or they're connected to that to, to to your resources and i'm telling you the the people in cuba you know we're planning a big year for cuba you know um, had a good meeting with dan have to have another one with pastor yoel we're setting dates by faith right Yanis? <laughs> by faith because you know it's still a mess everything's still made you know there's travel back and forth but so pray for us you know and here's the thing say well pastor my heart's in cuba well you know pray about maybe joining a team later on but if your heart's in cuba pray about supporting it you know i mean it takes money to get there and not and we don't only need money to get there we need money to take stuff down i was talking to yanis and she she said she already got me loaded down she said when are you going pastor i said well, if i go you are we're now still to my faithful march she said, okay can you, you take can some now back? find us on every yes, major platform and don't forget to visit our facebook page you are now listening to my faithful podcast you can now find us on every major generosity let's go ahead and stand and i'll get you out of here thank you marcos for sharing that was so good Father, we just thank you for today. We thank you where the word has taken us. And Lord, as we, I believe that, Lord, this was the message to open the year. The giants will fall this year. They're already falling. And I thank you as people leave this building, Lord, that grace, peace, and covenant protection wherever they go until we see them again in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Well, with that, you are dismissed. Bless somebody as you leave. And we'll see you all next week. God bless you.